This is the burger-loving badass Chuck Stone, and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're an ace degenerate. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review of AIW's Ace Degenerates. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Everlist this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email, if you so choose to desire, Wrestling Cheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAmaneuver.net. Like I said, this is a review of AIW's Ace Degenerates, and this week we have Stacy. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going good, and we also have Pam. I remember to unmute myself. Hello, everybody. And you're not at work this time. Well, I mean, I might as well have been. I should have been. Probably would have got done a little bit earlier than we're starting right now. <laughs> but it's a late one. I mean, that's it's perfectly fine. I'm normally up this late when I edit Pod Van Dam, so it, yeah, it, it is what it is. So I'm always up this late. Yeah. So we got AIW's Ace Degenerates, and this is one of the few times I'm reviewing a show that I did not go to, but you two did, and we got to get the big thing out of the way pam the wings your heartbreak let us know oh man so i went into that night super duper excited because redacted introduced me to these wings years ago and i fell in love with them and the wings not redacted and i was super excited going back to the Winchester because it's been almost two years to the day and I was like oh my god I get to have fucking wings I'm super pumped and Dustin had ordered wings and they looked really good but I knew they looked smaller and I'm like okay well it's COVID wing market is so fucked now whatever and then I got my wings later on and I was like these don't look the same and they just tasted like regular ass hot wings like they were whatever and i was well, 13 dollars for six of them motherfuckers i was very upset with them i was not very happy and then today i was on my time hop and it popped up a picture of the wings and these motherfuckers were huge and they were fried and they were like i mean obviously like the other ones were fried but like no these ones were just like crispy fried like there was i i cannot describe what they look like go to my twitter and you will see um but they just looked so different. 
Like it was a completely different. Like they changed what they did, and it pissed me off. Like I'm, I'm so mad about it. Like, well, like the color of the wings were even different. Like the old Winchester wings were like kind of a dark red, and what you had were just like a orange ass buffalo wing. Yeah, whack. Your wings whack. Yeah, I'm wondering if they changed shit during COVID because I've seen a lot of places like uh, try to do different ways to do things like. I think I've been to a couple Chinese places, for example, where I've had their egg rolls before, and all of a sudden these egg rolls taste like they're store bought. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if something like that happened with uh, the Winchester, that or just someone came in and like, all right, we need to like change how we do stuff, and all of a sudden that fucked up something about the wings. Yeah, because they're still charging the same price. Like they were charging thirteen dollars for a half a dozen to begin with. Or twelve dollars or something like that, because I was paying an asinine amount of fucking money for wings, and I was only getting six, so I'd have to get double um, to get a dozen. And like, if I would have paid that kind of money for them wings, I would have been very upset. Like, obviously, I paid thirteen dollars for those six, but like, I shouldn't have paid no more than like eight for what I fucking ate. So bad, not good, and I don't eat the like celery and all that other shit that they give you or whatever on the side that's whatever but like they gave me the shitty part of the celery like they gave me the, like the, the leaves and all the other stuff and i'm like really bro like you couldn't even give me like the good part of the celery like i don't know i just sat there and ate my wings in disgust and then laughed at josh bishop because he can't eat spicy food that was the only redeeming part of me eating my wings like he can't eat spicy food at all so like he's a big ass pussy when it comes to eating spicy food you heard ah. it Oh, no. You heard it here first. Your intense icon is a pussy with spicy food. I I love you, Josh. But I told you to your face that you're a pussy with spicy food. So I ain't afraid to say it on the podcast. (laughs) Out in the man's business. (laughs) I mean, I I don't have room to speak. I'm not a huge spicy food person. Oh, I love me some fucking weird ass spicy food. Dina Mita's ruined me. Like whenever uh, Chipotle added a weight way too much spice for the corn i can't can't eat it anymore the corn is too spicy for you they added like i I think it was uh, okay jalapenos okay so real talk the corn salsa chipotle has poblano peppers that could like the poblano is what comes in the mix already with corn Mm -hmm. and then we add red onion which will also have a add a little bit of spice I don't want to say spice, but whatever. Like sometimes it hits a little hard. And then jalapeno, all depending on who cuts it that day. If they cut it right, you'll get the tiny little squares. But if you don't cut it right, you're going to get a giant ass chunk of jalapeno. And all depending on how your mouth is with that, it can be incredibly spicy. Um, fun part with that is too, all depending on who cuts jalapeno that day, your mild salsa might not be so mild. Just a fair warning. Jalapenos aren't spicy. So to your palate, it's not, but jalapenos are spicy to a lot of people. Jalapenos are spicy to me. So are a lot of things, but I love them. They're delicious. Fucking white people. (laughs) Fuck you. I know like maybe about five years ago, the corn salsa was fine for me. I loved it. And then all of a sudden, like it became way hotter for me I, it could be just like something about my palate changed 
I'm not a big spicy food person, but I used to love corn salsa. Now, like, I, I can't fuck with it. I just got to say, the corn is too spicy is the whitest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but <laughs> well, it's corn salsa, not sweet corn, but nonetheless, I used to be fine. I used to love it. And then all and of a sudden, we, we do use sweet corn too. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but my taste buds changed and I can't fuck with it anymore. So, like, you know what, though? I kind of feel you on that because, like, I used to be able to eat corn salsa too. And then, like, not trying to be gross or TMI or anything, but, like, it would make me violently ill. Like, something about, like, my insides didn't agree with it anymore. And I would get really sick from it. Not like, foodborne illness sick more like i have a stomach problem sick and it messes with that more than hey guys more stuff you need to learn about pam <laughs> justin edit this out <laughs> this pod van damn what the fuck should, by now you should know he ain't editing this out he <laughs> that is work that is not happening it's a poop a lot is that what you want to hear like but um first that's off, the content you folks pay for that's first off stacy if any of you guys thought i was hot guess what i poop a lot <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm sure and, there's some weirdo out there who's very happy to know that right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> but actually i edited a lot out of pam's last appearance on the episode that does not surprise me i had to man so much happening oh my god like, I don't know if people caught it, but at one point she's at work clearly and then the next she's in her car, like with no transition. So I noticed that and I was like, man, that's uh, that's some clean editing there. That was, like, a, that was a whole whole chunk of conversation gone. That was a 20 minute block gone. <laughs> and I knew exactly where we left off. So I was able to keep the conversation going. But anyway, that's so fucking funny. Anyway. Where did we even get on this? We were just talking about Winchester's wings. Oh, spice and everything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Josh yeah, Bishop can't take spice. Okay. Corn is too spicy. Yes, that's how we do. Stop it, Stacy. <laughs> Speaking of spicy. <laughs> oh, shit. Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. We had a debut for this first match. Spicy. <laughs> what <laughs> are you even talking about? <laughs> My God. <laughs> I was trying to I think what Pam's trying to say is let's get into the first match. <laughs> Big Twan Tucker. Long fucking episode. <laughs> versus Isaiah Bonner. Broner, I mean. <sighs> Come on, man. You're back to not getting people's names right. At least you knew his name. So that's a step forward. We're, we're moving in the right direction here. <laughs> yes, Tuan versus Isaiah. It was very good. Yeah, Summer, since you weren't there, you didn't get to, like, experience uh, us falling in love with Isaiah. Mm -hmm. Like, straight out the gate. Like, bro came out in a Versace fucking, like, what body armor gimmick thingy. It was fucking. He was great. We 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 stand on that side, and like all of us, Pat was freaking out. Like we all loved him. Yeah, I don't know if I liked the dude that much, but it was he was it was all right. He was good, 
Him and Tuan had a hell of a match. You're like the only one, Stacy. No, I didn't say I didn't like him, but you're like acting like you fucking saw like the greatest thing ever. Dude was good. The the yeah. fucking uh the Versace like bulletproof vest thing or whatever. That was cool. Dude's cool. He's good. You can wrestle. Uh Tuan was a hell of a starter match for the show. Kicked things off in a real good way. Also showed right out the gate how loose the ropes were. Oof, they were so loose. Yeah, I think there was a few jokes on commentary about it. I know Carson had one of them. Yeah. Carson had a few jokes on commentary. I went back and watched the show uh, yesterday. How did uh, my jokes come through? What? You weren't on commentary? Jesus <laughs> Christ, how high are you? <laughs> no, but I was down. I was responsible for Big Top Steve. I was responsible for lots of jokes at the beginning of the show that maybe may not have made it on air. Look, crowd comedian, nobody was listening. To you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Big, Big Top Steve was over. Get the fuck out of here. I chimed in because I have a few people ever heard of. Yeah, I heard I heard nothing on the broadcast. Nope. I, I think yeah. you can kind of hear the Big Top Steve chant, but I think most of it happened in between shit where they didn't really air it. Yeah. I got you. There seemed to be like a lot cut with that kind of stuff. There wasn't as much uh, after matches, and then obviously, like start off where every other match starts on uh, IWTV with the just the first entrant. Yeah, you know the the show moves quick on IWTV. The show moved pretty quick at the show. Yeah, like it was the the show was like paced really well for like a Thursday night show. Yeah, like no match really overstayed its welcome. Um, there were a couple that went like maybe a little longer than they were intended to. I don't know how long they were intended to go, uh, but a couple of them felt like they might have been a little long. But the show didn't. The show like moved along at a good pace. It was like a a nice eight matches. Like it was a cool Thursday night show. But yeah, man, it starting it off with those two. Like I'm I'm excited to see what Isaiah gets booked next with. Yeah. Uh, at at AIW. Um, but him and Tuan was great. Yeah, he's been someone on my radar that I want to see in AIW, and I know like he has connections with AIW, so I w- we would see him eventually. I was I was kind of sad that when this was announced that I knew I wasn't going to be going. Uh, I I hope we see more. There's I think a couple good fits for him. Whether it, it happens like that is not obviously 100 percent certain. But when you start off a show like this and you you kill it like you did, like he's going to be a good fit. Yeah, he was definitely over, man. Yeah, liked him. Some people like fell in love with him, and they they saw the greatest thing in the world. But yeah, apparently. Any other thoughts on this match? No, it was solid. Good match. Well, it was Isaiah Broner defeating Big Twan Tucker. Let's move on to the next one. Next up, we have Sid Von England with Eden Von England going up against Evan Ambrose, the Weirdster. I've been I've been told that there was a a lot of crowd commotion when it came to this match and people who hadn't seen uh, Weirdster live in person before. <laughs> yeah, there were uh, there were some people who uh, were not prepared for some of the things uh, that were uh, the sights to behold in this match. People who now think that the Weirdster is the total package. Yeah, this match very much was the battle of the bulge. <laughs> No, there were a number of people audibly uh, noticing something they had never noticed before, and it was really fucking funny. 
I like seeing uh, more from the Von Englands. Uh, Sid is someone in general, too. I saw outside of AIW do comedy, and I want to see more comedy from him. I don't need to see it every time. The fact that I know it's there is awesome. And I think, you know, matches like this shows more of a, of a serious side of him. And it's still, it's always great to see the weirdster. Yeah, man, I'm real glad that he's back in AIW. Like the the whole like the whole style that he has of wrestling is so unique to him. And I I I think it sucked that he went away for a little bit. I'm real glad he's back. Luckily to his defense, like he didn't miss a lot, per se. Go for broke was the biggest stuff he missed. Other than that, it seems like he missed just a handful of things, but he was able to ease right back in. And I like how we go with his real name, Evan Ambrose. And we're getting rid of, you know, the whole weird body thing. Some people might still call yeah. him weird body, but I li- I do like the weird stir. It, it, it still fits him. Yeah, I think the uh, the weird body thing's going to be hard for him to shake just because people have known him as weird body for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, I, you know, come back repackaged a little bit like same same weird stir, but a little bit different. And uh, yeah, man, I just I'm real happy to see that dude back. And I'm I'm real happy that everybody is as excited that he's back as I am. You know what I mean? Like he's getting big crowd responses and shit. It's good. What were your thoughts on the match, Pam? It was a little distracting at times, but it was it was a good match. Um, lots of jokes from the crowd. Uh, it was very hard to contain myself. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was. It's a good match, and I'm glad to see Weird Buddy back and her weird stir and everything. Yeah. And the thoughts yeah, man, I, th- I thought the match itself was, was actually really good. Uh, I think the Von Englands do a, a good job of doing, like, the heel interference thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think that works really well with the two of them. Uh, I think anytime you get like the thing I'm talking about with like weird body having like real unique, uh, like a real unique style is like even that, like, like the, the weird ball, like turtle thing that he does, Mm -hmm. like he consistently finds different ways to make that move into other different things. You know what I mean? Like, it's not always the same thing every time. I think that's really fucking cool. Um, I don't know. I thought this was another like real solid match. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, Seeing more from the the Von Englands too is great, and like I said before, just more weird stirs. Him being back in the fold is always great to see too. Uh, if there's nothing else, it was Evan Ambrose picking up the victory over Sid Von England. Let's move to the next match: Parker Pierce versus Brian Carson. Two guys that don't necessarily wrestle as much anymore. One more than the other, but I don't know if we is is Parker Pierce back or is just handful of matches that's a great question i don't know the best part of this match though was the the t-shirt and then the, i don't know uh somebody asked where he got the <laughs> it's always sunny t-shirt and then he did like the little hair choppy thingy from it's always sunny it was funny Definitely did that yeah carson carson and parker pierce had a match uh like was said, neither one of these guys wrestle a lot anymore. Carson has been wrestling, I think, a little bit more, kind of just like through go for broke and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but this is like you said, it's Parker Pierce's second match back in how long? 
years, right? I mean, pre pre pandemic, something like that. I, it's hard for me to look on Cage Match because he never got a a hyperlink, so I can't double check everything. I have right. to literally go through all these uh, shows. But yeah, it's been it's been a while. Definitely pre uh, COVID. Like we're talking, it's got to be like 2019, right? And I almost think it was like maybe maybe the last rager and then to this this past rager it was like either that or maybe like a a a, a men are on the lake show um going bit by bit he he was at a show after rager he was at two shows after rager because he was at a uh, bobblehead night and bad boy for life he was at 200 <laughs> so he was around quite a bit after rager mm-hmm I'm trying to figure out where the drop off is because he was in a tag title match against PME with Dr. Dan at 200 and then at hell on earth. Oh yeah. He was in the tag team with Dr. Dan at the end. Yeah. 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 With the teal gear. So much teal, which I think that was it. Yeah. That's, I, I believe that's where he dropped off at because at the next show, I don't even think Dr. Dan's on it. No, which that that's that hell on earth 15. That's a stack show. Right. And then Dr. Dan opens up against Dan Housen at baby. It's too cold outside and no mention of Parker Pierce. Yeah. So, I mean, even at that, it's still been years, a couple of years. Really? Um, we'll say really close to two years. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> there's going to be a little rust, obviously. Um, I'll say this there. This match had no like. It didn't feel like there were real defined roles as to like who was over with the crowd or who was like maybe the heel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, Carson has kind of been uh, a heel. Like he had been coming out with uh, Casey Carrington. Yeah. uh, At the last show or two, which is definitely like some heel work. But I don't know that Parker Pierce came across as like not a heel, you know, like. There was there was like a a real undefined vibe to that in this match. I felt like it was just two guys who don't wrestle as much wrestling each other, and it was on way just appreciating both of them being there. Yeah, which I mean, I mean, this match wasn't very long. We were, we were talking earlier about you know match lengths, like just by going a cage match, all but two matches were under ten minutes, and the. And kind of like how most shows do go, it's it's like the last two matches that were longer. Yeah, the last two matches definitely had a little more going on in them too. But this this match in person felt like it went really quick. Uh, second longest match of the, I mean, second shortest match of the night, with the shortest being right opening. Which, uh, yeah, B- Brian Carson defeating Parker Pierce. Carson getting a win. Which I mean, doesn't happen too often. Not anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> I think, you know, and this is certainly not meant as a knock on Carson's wrestling, but I, I just, I still firmly believe that his, his point where he's better is at commentary. Yeah. Not again, not meant as a knock on his wrestling. Just he's, he brings something to commentary that I think is a little more valuable overall than, than like his in-ring skill. It's good that he's able to, you know, be an in-ring uh, participant you know like he's not it's not bad but his his skills at commentary far overshadow his in-ring skills carson's really good at commentary do you want to know what his last 
singles victory in AIW was before Go for Broke because he did, you know, he picked up uh, a win or two. Sure. Sure. When was that? That was, even though it was a dark match, I'm still going to count it. Uh, Rubber City Con. Oh, wow. And I'm saying that's last singles. Carson right. was in, in a lot of tag teams, I think. But before that, uh, last victory. Did he win no matches on Go for Broke? Oh, no, because I said before Go for Broke, he won. Oh, got you, got you, got you. He won three. Yeah, and two of them were against Kaplan. Or no. No, no, no. I'm look, uh, I looked at that wrong because I'm looking at his all of his matches, and he beat Kaplan at a QCW show. So two. He beat he beat El Ninja Uno, and he beat Kaplan. That, that fucking Ninja Uno, man. Dastardly dude. So yeah, like Carson, you know, ever since he got into commentary, has not been wrestling as much, especially in AIW. And it's like you said, like his commentary is very good. Yeah, I, it's it's excellent. Uh, his the the work that he does with Wadsworth is <clears throat> absolutely as good as what the Duke does, you know, and that's the Duke is also very good at commentary. So uh, both both of those guys fill a very important role uh, at, at a job that is not easy. I did see Duke recently on Twitter say that, like, we don't appreciate him in, in so many words. And I know that wasn't exactly it, but it's like bullshit. I've said he's the best manager in the state of Ohio. Well, that <clears throat> Duke on Twitter is Duke is the Duke on Twitter. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a, a grain of salt kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I've seen but, I've seen other, you know, managers in the state of Ohio that kind of like mainly manage here. And the ones that I'm thinking of are kind of like very hokey, way too, I don't want to say carny, but just hacky maybe that's maybe a better way to put it and i'm like duke Duke can do what everybody else does just way better but yeah we kind of got off the subject talking about the duke but he's gonna come up here in a minute but yeah man carson's great on commentary parker pierce is someone too that i always saw some things in when he first debuted and through some of the teams he did i felt like he partially lived up to them but like when he just disappeared you know Kind of made me wonder, but I, we've seen like a lot of people just, you know, kind of step away or, you know, quit. And it just, at this point, it's kind of a fact of life. Even, you know, going back to Weirdster, when he said he was done, it was like, as much as that sucks, I I understand and I respect it. But luckily, like much like Parker Pierce, like he came back too. Yeah. I think the thing with Parker Pierce over time has been, I don't know if he ever really found like, <clears throat> I don't know if he ever really found like the right for him in indie wrestling you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like he was in a lot of tag teams or like part of groups and stuff like that but like i I think there was really potential at one point because he's got like good size to him and stuff where he could have really done some stuff on the indies he he just needed a little bit of fine tuning you know what i mean and like uh finding uh finding like the right fit for like who he is uh and i don't know if that ever really happened but if he's back now, I mean, hell of a hell of a time to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I almost kind of think if he could have been in Go for Broke, that would have been awesome. Like it it could have been a scheduling thing, you know, because you know everybody has like their own things going on at certain times, especially when whenever like these tapings were going on. But I think he really could have benefited from all those weeks of television. Sure, 
But, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunities out there on the indies right now at like smaller places where you can kind of work through this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Plus these these Winchester shows, you know, there's 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 a bit of that that it seems like is going to be a thing. So I think it just comes down to if this is just like a thing he's doing a couple of times or if he's like back to wanting to wrestle, you know? Yeah, I think that comes to be a thing with a lot of these students where you watch uh some of them they'll you know they'll travel here and there uh, and get a lot, as many booking as they can and then you have other people that they're kind of content with staying local which it's it's not a knock i always look at it as if that's what you want that's fine i mean just don't expect to become a bigger name but if, i mean if you're happy with it i mean I'm, I'm happy for you yeah man look it's cool that he's back hell yeah uh I, i'm sure he will uh I'm sure people will know sooner than later, you know, if, if this is something he's going to keep doing or if this was just, you know, like, hey, I'm back for a little bit. Regardless, still still great to see him. And let's move on to the next match. Speaking of the Duke, we have Eric Taylor with Mikey Montgomery and the Duke going up against Johnny Patch. And I didn't take note which match it was, but since we're t- talking about Mikey here, he's good on commentary too he is so mikey worked some commentary at rager yeah uh, and he's i think he was maybe on a match before this one on commentary uh he was definitely on one after this one terry mm-hmm. and uh no mikey's mikey's good mikey brings a a different vibe to commentary than everybody else and uh yeah he's good i mean you know he's being out for a little bit with an injury, uh, you know, gives him a chance to explore some other shit. It's good. Speaking of injuries, Johnny Patch, man, he I forget what show it was, but there was a show, if I'm remembering correctly, where he got fucked up. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it was one of the Akron shows. He went over the one side of the ring and got fucking destroyed. I don't recall. I mean, he hasn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like one of the tryout shows or something like it was. I don't think it was a match match. I think it was a dark match. But like he did a move over the rope or went through a rope or something and it didn't end well. And he like fucked himself up pretty like it was one of those heart stopping like, holy shit. Like, is he actually okay? Kind of fucking thing. So it was it was scary. Yeah, I feel like I remember him hitting his head or something like it made a thud. Uh, that go- was a whole different Johnny Patch, though. Like, this dude bulked up during the COVID times, man. Just going by his cage match, which they don't always list every dark match, so I'm not 100% sure here. Uh, he wasn't at an Akron show. Was it at the Odium? Was it like a dark match, maybe before Bobblehead or something? No, I'm I'm pretty sure it was in Akron because we were like, we we were commenting and saying he looked like one of the young young bucks. But was it because this is where I was going with it? He had one dark match in 2019, and that was Hell on Earth 15. Maybe it was, uh, and that was a I, pretty big display of. I, I think they were all day. No, one wasn't a debut. One was a return. But you had Levi Everett, Johnny Patch, Braden Lee, and Calvin Takeman. Yeah, I could have sworn uh, it was Akron, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, for some reason in my head, I remembered that dude getting hurt at a show. Uh, but again, I remember him looking vastly different than he did at this show. Yeah. 
uh, much bigger now than he used to be. Much bigger. Yeah, this, Him and Eric had a good match. Yeah. This was a match as soon as it was announced. I had a lot of expectations from it because I feel like Johnny Patch is somebody trying to prove himself. And I think the same thing with Eric Taylor. But with Eric Taylor, it's I'm not just tag team. Like, I'm, I'm good as Eric Taylor. Watch what I do. Future too bright. I'll tell you what, people in the crowd, like there were, there, you know, there were, you can usually, I notice people who I recognize as regulars, like outside of like the regular regulars, but like people who are like occasionals, you know, um, who come to AIW. If, if you're at enough of these shows, you start to recognize people, right? Um, this show had a lot of people who I didn't recognize at it. And boy, all those people caught on real quick to not liking, uh, Mikey, Eric and the Duke. Uh, there were people behind me who kept calling them the suits and they fucking hated the suits <laughs> and they kept telling the hippie to beat the fuck out of the suits. It was fantastic. Kind of sounds like we were at sunny days. Yeah. Well, I mean, that show was a little like that too. Yeah. But man, Eric Taylor having these, uh, singles matches with Mikey out has done really well. Like him as a singles wrestler, he definitely has uh potential to to break out on his own at some point like i've been really impressed with eric gotta mention uh bitcoin boys the smoking jays barbecue sponsored athletes yeah yeah really that the whole bitcoin boys thing too as a whole it's it's crazy to see how it's caught on and then you know adding the duke to it just is it was it's just perfect it sucks that you know mikey's injured right now but this this does give time for eric taylor to shine right well and i would think so like the next outside of this coming weekend where i don't believe i mean even with what we saw in this match i don't think you're gonna see mikey back in action quite that quick uh i could be wrong but i would say by hell on earth those two should be ready to go uh you know as long as everything goes right with mikey healing up uh I would say those two should be back in action by then, you would think. Uh, but yeah, man, again, Eric has really shined in his singles matches. I mean, Mikey has done well in his too. Um, before his injury, like stuff during go for broke and stuff, but I've been really impressed with Eric. Eric has promo skills too. You yes. Know? So it's, and it's not like he, it's one of those situations where it's like he doesn't necessarily need the Duke as a mouthpiece. And that's became pretty clear, but it doesn't hurt like that package of them being with the Duke. It's just like an added uh, icing to the cake, you know, like, oh, well, you could talk shit, but then so can Duke, you know, the Duke can be there to talk shit when Eric can't, as in like certain stuff in the ring where Duke can fuck with the crowd. Right, right. And the opponents. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Eric's promos are. I, I would describe them as unique. And I mean that in a very good way, as in a lot of people, when they got promos, they're maybe a little cookie cutter and maybe it seems like they're kind of forced by the promoter and whatnot. But you have like a select few that when I think of their promos, I'm like, that was something different. And I feel that with Eric Taylor and the room that I'm putting him with is people like Magnum CK, like Wes Barkley to where I didn't oh, feel, feel like it was I'm, someone cutting a promo in their bathroom. Sure. Sure. So I guess I get that part of it. 
I put Magnum on a much higher level than almost anyone else. Um, I don't know that Eric's quite at that level yet, but I get what you're saying about like it not just being like he finds ways to make it uh, a little more interesting, especially with like video promos and stuff to to look at. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I get that part of it. But as far as like pure skill level, I don't know that he's on Magnum's level. But th- that said, I don't think very many people are on Magnum's yeah. level. They're in the same ballpark, but they're sitting in different sections on different levels. Sure. Yeah. I would I would say Magnum's playing the game at a, a different league level <laughs> yeah. when it comes to promos. Uh, but when you get people like Eric and like Wes that find their own different ways, like I remember like some of the early promos from Wes where like they didn't necessarily make sense. Like the one where he gets donuts and it was like he was at a factory. It was never really explained, but I just remember like, oh, this is like I said, it's like, oh, he's not in his bathroom cutting a promo. Then, you know, you know, watch a match that he did a month from now. And it's the same kind of promo cut in his bathroom. No, it's it's unique. Right. Nobody's cutting promos from the front seat of their car. (laughs) Standing in front of a brick wall. There's only one person cutting a promo in a hot tub with milk. With milk? Yes. Just one. Oh, I got to remember with this show, I got to get, well, this week, I got to grab some Hartzler milk for Eric. I told him I would when at the Akron show, which is a a local dairy farm that has like really, really good milk. You need some of that raw milk that Kaplan's got. What you need. I don't want to completely look over Johnny Patch. He's someone I, I want to see more in AIW. I, I talk a lot about the good Pittsburgh talent, and I think he's one of them. And if we can get more of him i'm happy with that pittsburgh's such a weird place man Mm -hmm. as far as wrestling goes pittsburgh's just bizarre to me but there are some there are some talented dudes down there and uh yeah i think i think johnny patch certainly did well enough on this show to to earn some some opportunities in the future i would think uh we'll have to see but yeah these two had a uh, again a, a pretty solid match there weren't really there weren't really a lot of like bad matches on this show. You know what I mean? I like, agree. Every every everything was at least good. Um and this this was one that I, I thought landed a little bit higher than good, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Uh-huh. And then the 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 turn at the end with Mikey, like the the finish to the match, also very good. It was uh Eric Taylor picking up the win. With uh use of a foreign object. That had been on Mikey's hand. Then Mikey laying some punches with his injured hand and in on Johnny Patch there at the end. Some uh, Bob Orton and uh, Owen Hurt shit. Yeah, I like it. Mikey's going to have that cast on for like a year. I hope. <laughs> I hope. All right, let's uh, move on to the next one. We got Jocelyn Navarro versus Zach Nystrom versus Cree Fudo. Versus TKD. This is... I really, uh, I, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, this is the main show debut for Cree? I think so, yeah. I think this was the first Cree Fudo AIW match. Definitely the first uh, Zach Nystrom AIW match debut. Yeah. Definitely not Joss or uh, Tommy's first no. AIW match. This uh, Was this the beginning of the second half? Uh, I think think so i think it was 
Justin. I'm 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 pretty sure this was the, because we've covered four matches already, right? Correct. Yeah. The intermission was halfway through. It was the fourth. It was this, so if this is the fifth match, this was the the beginning after intermission. I kind of figured it was because this is the, a match that you would come back to with, with these four, uh, two debuts and two people that have been running AEW for a while. And just this, this kind of started off the second half, right? I always love a Jocelyn Navarro match and the, the shit she pulls, uh, pulls no fucking punches. Just a complete badass. I can't believe Jonah missed a Cree Fudo match. <laughs> I think, uh, I think that was brought to his attention after it was announced. I'll tell you what, going into this, uh, Nystrom had some pretty high praise from a few people, mm-hmm. including Lee Moriarty. And uh, I I don't I don't know that he disappointed. You know what I mean? I don't know that he lived up to the high praise, but he was good. He fit well in the match, which I think is a compliment. Oh, I do too. Yeah, I thought he was I thought he was good in the match. I just, you know, I believe Lee said something to the effect of he was the next guy that's going to be big out of Pittsburgh. I don't know that that's I don't know that he's there yet, but he's good. Yeah, I'm really impressed with TKD. Really? Yeah. No, I really am. I uh, I think he has really started to come into his own. Like he's he looks way more comfortable in the ring than he has in the past. Uh, He just he just seems to be like hitting a groove. And I, I, I dig it. It's good to see. Like he changed his gear, he changed his gimmick a little bit, and he just seems like, uh, it just seems like everything's coming a little easier for him. You know? Yeah, I think uh, those little tweaks that started within Go for Broke, like Go for Broke, was a perfect opportunity for him to start some changes. And like, I mean, they're all minor, but. They, they've they added up and whether it's just he's more comfortable doing what he's doing or or whatnot uh and even the the gear change like i when he came out what was uh when the first time he did it was it was it it was at the odeon i think yeah it was uh the show before sunny days i think evil um uh, yeah touch of evil touch of evil i got a fucking cage match in front of me and i could look at that I'm trying to go off memory and that doesn't work but yeah i remember when he came out that i was like oh all right here we go like a little change and you know some people i think uh, can change their gear and you might not notice as much but this was like oh this was eye-catching well because he's worn that same kind of karate inspired stuff for so long mm-hmm. that's really the only look he's had since he debuted in aiw and switching up to like you know some shorts that's a big change visually so i don't know man i just I've noticed it. I maybe maybe I'm seeing something that's not there, but man, I really he just seems like everything seems to be coming a little easier for him and everything seems to be a little more fluid and I, he just I can see improvement there that is impressive. Very much in the same way Jocelyn has improved over, you know, her time being in AIW mm-hmm. from seeing her prior to that. You know, from seeing her at, at other places. Um, like mega and stuff before Um, she's 300% a better rest than she used to be. Um, That's, that's incredibly impressive too. Um, She is doing stuff now in a way that again, it's something that seems like everything's a little easier for everything she's, and she's doing like stuff that 
comes across as being more difficult, you know, mm-hmm. and doing it smoothly. So even to uh, the day after this show, she was in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's big. She's getting flown out places and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Like she's someone that even like I think before she came to AIW, she was starting to like get out there even more. And now you're adding her becoming better. And that's opening probably some more doors for her. And absolutely love to see it. Yeah, oh, she's great. man. She is great. And even like going back to TKD and this will kind of like touch a little bit with Jocelyn, too. But go go back to Russell Rager. TKD has the romantic touch. And here this week, it's going to be against Effie. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's it's almost like, and I don't know that this is the case, but it very much seems like these folks who have improved are being rewarded for it. You know, like Jocelyn has a match with Thunder Rosa. Uh, TKD has Effie. Uh, That's high profile, man. People are going to watch that. People who don't normally watch AIW are going to watch the video of them wrestling those people because those people have a fan base, you know, mm-hmm. those people, those, those two have uh, a dedicated, you know, one of them's on national TV uh, and the other one's one of the biggest stars on the Indies. Cool. So huge, huge deal for both of them. And I'm excited to see that shit in person. I realize that's not what this show's about, but uh, that's huge. Yeah. Huge, more, huge. more on that show later this week. But, you know, Effie is the current internet champion. Jeez. Hey, I'm happy for anybody who beats Matt Cardona at something, I guess. But putting putting the spotlight on Effie is the bigger thing for me. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that's that's exposing Effie to a crowd that <clears throat> in, in the same way that TKD is going to get some exposure to a crowd that might not be familiar with him. I'm sure there's a percentage of, you know, the people who like Cardona from his time in WWE who might not have known who Effie was, who now know who Effie is. So, you know, all that shit's a rub. Yeah. You know, but I'm I'm excited for Joss and for for TKD. And this this match at this show was fun. Mm-hmm. This match actually might have been the most fun match to watch of the whole show. Like there was some good spots. It was quick, like quick moving. Uh it was it was good. I liked it. It was paced well. Uh, Zach Nystrom got to look pretty impressive at times. You know, like everybody had a spot, a moment where they got to shine and kind of get their shit in, you know? Yeah, I don't know if for me, I mean, because granted, I, I wasn't there, so that probably gives you a different element. I don't think this was the most fun match for me, but I will say very close second. Like, I think part of it, too, was like coming back from intermission. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that'll... I mean, if if you, I mean, just looking at the second half, like if you're going to come back to anything like this, set the tone for it and rightfully so. Right. I mean, things obviously pick up from here, mm-hmm. but this, this certainly set the pace for the second half of the show, you know, that, that things were going to start moving a little faster. Things were going to be uh, a little more impressive going forward. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next match. Members only. Calvin G. Lewis and Malcolm Cambridge versus the production. Look at you with their names. Good job, buddy. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll openly admit I was reading it, but I still I have <laughs> I have committed their names to memory though. When good when you re- you record a TikTok about sunny days, 
and you do a voiceover when you get home and you keep fucking up, not necessarily on their names. And, but you've said their names enough to where you're like, yeah, you get it. My only, here's my only issue. Sometimes when I say Malcolm's name, I might stop because I've said Malcolm Bivens for a while, or there's a couple other wrestlers with the name Malcolm. But other than that, like I, I do got it. Good. Good. So hopefully they won't call me out the next show that they're at. And <laughs> right. Dude, and that's one of the things I love about these kids is they took you right to fucking task for that shit, as they should. We we had a good laugh about it after the after the uh, uh, match and everything, but yeah, I, well, I fucked up. I got to tell you, man, these two might end up giving PME a run for their money as like crowd favorites. They are over as fuck. Yeah, there's a lot that I want to see with them of like match wise, and when they've only had. This is their second proper show match. That says a lot. Yeah. I mean, they've had, I mean, as far as like shit in front of people, uh, they sort, they debuted at the, the community days or whatever that North Canton thing in Canton was. Yeah. Uh, and then they've had two, this is their second like real show. Yeah. Uh, but man, even like they cut a promo and it was good. Uh, Oh, they've you cut know, they've cut two promos and they're good. Don't yeah. don't like don't sleep on that first one because that first one was it, well, you, we talk about different promos. I feel like we get a little bit that with them. Maybe not necessarily as much, but like at least the first one, it was like they were getting interviewed by somebody, like somebody like coming up on them and like talking to them about their match. And I don't, I feel like we don't always see that. And then like this last one, the thing that I like that they uh, tried to do is like bring up all of Derek's like former names like that popped me early right. on but like so and you know these two partially because of covid happening like there was a little bit of a delay in them getting to make their debut right and boy it's for the fucking better because they had all that extra time to work on shit and they have came out impressive it's it's fucking impressive like how good they are like they are solid as fuck in ring. They have promo skills. They have charisma. Man, I don't know. Sky's the fucking limit for these two. I might be seeing them at another show this month. Oh, I've seen they're booked other places. Mm-hmm. They they had bookings I think this weekend. You know, you got Malcolm Cambridge and uh, Lowercase T Money. <laughs> Once Dustin pointed that out, and I saw it in. Like rewatch, like watch it. Not rewatch, but watching the show back, I was like, "Oh my god!" I somewhat seen it before, but him coming out literally in the attire that he did, yeah. he did look like a little T money. And I'm saying lowercase T money. Yeah, that's a match I would I would pay to see the fuckets versus these two. Come on now, that's good. I, I said it on Twitter. I want to see them against each other, and I want to see them with each other. Because just imagine, uh. Calvin and Team Money just side by side. It's great. Like it's great doing doing some sort of like double team, like a father and son type thing. Odd, oh, fucking here for it. So give me a give me a tag team match where they're against each other, and then give me a reason why they got to be in an eight man tag match and and they got to team up. Like I'm here for it. Book that Wrestle Rager next year. And look, man, I would just like to point out that we have been talking about them for like what two or three minutes at this point, right? We've been talking about this match for few minutes yeah something like that this is a fucking production match and we haven't even talked about Derek and ziggy which when it comes down to it like we talked about uh you know 
a fun match. This watching back, or at least watching it, was a was a fun match. I don't know what it felt like live, but oh, this was fuck. Fun. This this match was really fun live. Uh, I man, and they took it right to Derek and Ziggy, like right out the gate. Yeah, just insanity between both these teams, and then I'll always give a lot of praise to like Jocelyn, and I feel like it's it's some of the same praise for Ziggy, uh, like when these two both came into AIW around the same time, got paired up in groups and they're, they're both badasses in their own way. And I love this side of Ziggy. And I think I've said it before, like when she has done the transition from Jinx to Ziggy, it was more than just a name change over time. There's been a big personality change and I fucking love it because it took her to the next level to where she's so much fun to watch. And I know people out there that like, She's one of their favorite things in AIW, or if not the production as a whole, which I don't know if it's my number one, because it's hard to pick a number one, but definitely top of, of the list, even to the point of we'll have the discussion at the end of the year of who had the best year in AIW. I'm leaning towards Derek right now. There's other contenders, but right now Derek is has had some of the best matches of the year. I wouldn't <clears throat> I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I think so with with Ziggy, I think the big difference, uh, I mean, you talk about the name change. The name change was like back pre-pandemic. I think the real change is the point where she's paired up with Derek. I think that's the that is the change. Her being part of the production, her being, uh, you know, a, a at times mouthpiece for Derek uh, or, you know, a, uh, you know, a an accomplice uh to you know his shit that he's doing uh and then you know at other times like in this match a, a tag team partner but like the the key the difference the thing that that separates the pairing of Derek and Ziggy from like other like factions manager and wrestler tag teams is the dynamic of like Derek's an exploitation director and he finds ways to exploit Ziggy being there to his benefit. And I think that's genius. And it comes through in multiple ways. It comes through when it's a singles match and she's outside of the ring and she's talking shit to the crowd and she's talking shit to his opponent and she's interfering and she's distracting the referee and she's doing all of those things that the managers do, right? But then during a match, the whole she wrestles team match with Derek and sometimes in his singles matches uh, is very much her being used as a weapon more so than her like wrestling. And it's unique and it's fucking amazing. I like it a lot. I can't say enough good things about it. And that fucking finisher in this match, whatever the fuck that thing's called. I've never seen that before. And it rules. Yeah. It's one of those things that was gift really early. And I saw a lot of it before I watched the match, and it's something I hope I see more from them. But they're they're always going to come up with new ways to uh, use Ziggy as a weapon. Yeah, it's great. Like the way they both carry themselves in in this role as the production is great. Some of the best work, character work anybody's doing on the the indies. I hope they do a lot more promos. I would like to see more involved promos, especially like leading up to whatever they do at hell on earth. 
I hope there is a lot of work put into the promos and the video shit uh, that Derek puts out prior to that because the potential is there for like game changing shit with these two as far as as promos go. It's just it just takes, you know, doing the work. And Derek's proven in the past he's pretty good at cutting a video promo. So, yeah. All right. It was the production getting the win over members only. Let's move on to the next match. Everybody's favorite wrestler, Ethan Wright versus Chase Ah. Oliver. Mr. Fan favorite, the crowd pleaser, Mr. Enthusiasm, Ethan Wright. Well, I see what you've done there, but even still, <laughs> So, <clears throat> I will say this. Chase managed to get an exciting match out of him. I even saw Ethan Wright try to shit-talk the crowd a little bit and have a personality, which, man, congratulations. Try a little harder. You're on the right track, buddy. Like, I don't know. I get what his role is. Just be better at it. You're a great wrestler. Get better at the other shit. Chase rules. This match was really good. Uh, it was, I, I, I don't know what else to say. No pressure, Chase. Kills it fucking every time. He made me not feel like an Ethan Wright match was the most boring match of the night, which is an achievement. Chase would almost get uh, shirts that say, uh, no pressure. Yeah. I mean, there's still three shows left this year for AIW, right? And I, you talk about people who've had the best year. I, Chase is a fucking contender. Yeah, he's somebody that I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disqualify. At 2022, boy, if uh, if things continue the way they are right now for Chase, and he keeps on the trajectory he's on, uh, and having the kind of matches he's having, and showing what I've personally felt for a long time was there out of him uh boy sky's the fucking limit for chase he's really fucking good i know i'm a broken record with this but i man i i don't bullshit i say what i think and i think chase is one of the best independent wrestlers uh out there right now and only getting better i hope he's somebody that's holding a championship in 2022 in aiw yeah, I'd love to see it. I don't know if it's going to happen, but hell, imagine Chase is the one that ends up taking like the intense title off of Josh Bishop. Ooh, that's well, that's a whole different animal right there. Uh, <laughs> I I haven't seen Chase work that style much. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah. intense belt is is its own its own game. You know, uh, I'm here for it. I don't know if he is. <laughs> that's a question for him. If but uh, if we can get Chase like just to that point where he's 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 got a match against Bishop, I mean you got a story written around already right there, just with their history. Yeah, no pressure though, no pressure, no pressure. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you you liked an Ethan Wright match? I did. I I admittedly did, and like I said, he tried to talk a little shit during the match, and I. That's good. More of that. More of that. You can you can be the guy that you are and still attempt to have a little charisma. It's possible. People do it. Wrestlers have done it for years. You can you can be the bad guy and still, you know, be interesting. Any other uh, thoughts on that match? It was Ethan Wright 
getting the win over Chase Oliver. Yeah, yeah, he did. Let's move on to the main event. The AIW Tag Team title match, the Rip City Shooters, with an open challenge answered by bulking season. So that means a returning Arthur MacArthur. Yeah, bulking season. Back in full force. Taking on the shooters on Bishop's birthday. That's uh, it's a tall order. Was it announced that this match was uh, like an intense rules match or something? I think every Josh Bishop match is okay. an intense rules match. I don't know that to be factual. I just think that's like an understood, maybe. I don't know. I will say this. The visual of Josh having all three belts is good. It's It's good. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't lose those you know, single titles this weekend. Uh, no, nah, I mean that. Just kidding. My goodness. If so, look, I. You know what? I'm not even going to say this on this show. I'm just going <laughs> to leave this alone. Just going to leave it alone. I am very confident that Josh Bishop will walk out of Akron holding the titles that he currently holds. More on that later this week. Yeah, I I do not see that changing. Uh, much like things didn't change at this show. Uh, but boy. Uh, you know, Charles Hamburger and Artie gave it the old college try. Uh, again, tall fucking order mm-hmm. going up against Josh on his birthday. Um, brutal fucking chair shots from Josh. Just fucking brutal. Sounded like a goddamn gunshot went off. Uh, when he hit him, when he was in the ring, like through the ropes. Yeah. Fucking just deafening. This match was fun too. In a, in a different way than the other matches on the show had been fun. I did like bulking season coming out with kendo sticks and just using them immediately. Yeah, they came out ready to go, man. They weren't fucking around. It was a great visual. It showed they knew what they were up against. They knew what they were getting into. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's crazy to see, you know, how much progression we've seen from bulking season. And you, know, you won't talk about like a lot of stuff that happened during the pandemic. Like they were going out there getting bookings and it seemed like got better and better. And then by the time they came back or uh, AIW came back, it, it showed like 2021 Charles hamburger feels different for sure. Wildly different. Same with Artie. Yeah. Both of those guys made strides. Uh, you know, the, the downtime of the pandemic did great things for some people. Not so much for other people. Certain people took advantage of the opportunities that were there to improve uh, while things were kind of happening in a bubble or or not happening at all, you know, for, in some cases. But, like, I know Artie traveled to Michigan a lot to wrestle when he could during that. And it paid off. It shows, you know. Um, these two work great together as a tag team. You know, initially when they were put together, it kind of seemed like a weird mashup, right? Yeah. Like, if you think back, like, pre-pandemic, like, they were together pre-pandemic, right? Yeah, uh, because basically we had that debut four-way match turn into two two tag teams. Yeah, and they became two tag teams, like, very quick. Yeah. And their tag team kind of just seemed thrown together at first, but now it's certainly, you know what I mean? Like, it's... It makes sense in a way that doesn't make sense, which I love. And it's it's very uh, undeniable, like the chemistry that they have together. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But if you're going to talk about a team with chemistry together, 
there's Rip City. Yeah. Uh, you know, these two were a team before they debuted, basically. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i interested to see where the fallout from this match goes. Uh, spoilers for this one. Uh, you know, Rip City still holding those titles. You know, Artie and, and Chuck put up uh, a good effort. Match was fun. But there was a there's a little something that happened after the uh, team that just lost their titles. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was uh, Rip City Shooters retaining the tag titles against Bulking Season. And uh, what was it, Bishop? Like he was it looked like he was I don't want to say calling out, but he's about to say something about Cardona. And then, you know, PME almost pretty much jumps the barricade, gets in the ring and attacks Rip City. Yeah, came in through the crowd. Uh jumped Josh and Wes and had to get, there was a giant pull apart. The The locker room cleared out, referees cleared out, holding everybody back from each other. It was great. And it was announced that uh, there's going to be a championship match. Next weekend on IWTV, it's like an IWTV show, right? Right. So it's a show that IWTV is putting on where, uh, there are going to be matches from a bunch of different promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and AIW's match on it is going to be PME's, uh, PME's opportunity at getting their belts back from the Rip City shooters. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one to see. Fuck yeah. I think you're going to see a different PME in that match. Philly seemed pretty fired up. Philly's been pretty fired up since Gopher Broke. Yeah. Wouldn't you be? Oh, I. I- I'm just saying it's he's been going strong on this and not dying down at all, which is great. I got to tell you, the only way I see Josh losing his fucking belts is if somehow Philly makes it happen. I think with like PME, there's people out there and it's not a lot of people, but they think they're like a stupid gimmick. But when you watch their actual in-ring work, like a lot of like the matches against to infinity and beyond and what I'm going to expect this match to be. They're more than just this fun-loving gimmick. And if they want to do comedy, they can do comedy. There is a legitimate tag team there. Oh, they're absolutely a legitimate tag team. Look, man, there's always going to be people who don't like the baby face, right? Yeah. There's always going to be people who think that that's hokey. And that's fine. Those people don't like fun. That's fine. Not everybody can like fun. Some people have to be miserable, Justin. And those people, you know, they they don't like PME. That's fine. Uh, a lot of people do. A whole lot of people do. And every time those dudes wrestle, there's somebody who's never seen them before who instantly likes them. So, yep. look, man, everything ain't for everybody. But, uh, you know, I'm excited for the uh, the return match with them in Rip City. I think it's very possible that they can make a lot of other people on that IWTV show look bad in comparison. I wouldn't want to have to follow that match if I was on that card. All right. That's uh, pretty much it. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, I thought the show was good. I'm excited that it seems like there are going to be some more Thursday shows in the future at the Winchester. Uh, it uh, it was good to be back in there, albeit, you know, some disappointment for Pam with the wings. Uh, but it was, it was good to be back in there. Um, as far as plugs go. I just put out a new episode of Super Fantastic covering The Burning, uh classic campground slasher movie that 
is maybe not as well known as some of the other ones. And that is going to be for at least until December, the last episode of Super Fantastic. Uh, just because I'm going to be moving and shit. Uh, we're going to be moving. So I didn't want to commit and then have stuff come up where I wasn't able to record the episode. So the Christmas episode will be the next one. That's going to be Silent Night, Deadly Night. But go back and listen to the old episodes and shit while it's off. I'm sure there's some that people haven't heard. Pam, are you available for your plugs? Sorry, I've been such a shitty fucking person to deal with tonight. Um, If you guys want to tolerate me on any of the platforms, it's Pamela Nicole, P-A-M-E-L-A-A underscore N-I-C-O-L-E-E. And, of course, you can find myself at jsummers330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe your Everless in this fine podcast whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. And all of those links you can find right in the podcast notes in our Linktree link. Also, check out our friends on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcasting friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Let the Hate Flow Through You, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The Indie Cast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Gay Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, The Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mikes, Marnie and Sarah Love Wrestling, This Ends at Prom, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends such as Thirst Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Heart of Gold, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Russell Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Even if your wings used to be really good, now they suck. Later. Fix your wings, Winchester. Get bent. It's the Wrestling Cheers. Get up on your feet. Brighten in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back. Other shows are in the trash. Kinda like they nixed that. Like the name is Matt Justice. Wearing all the gold. Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close. The number one podcast going in the game. And one day everybody's gonna know the name. It's the Wrestling Cheers. This is Platinum Max. Signing off. Ohio. Good night. The world. Good night. We love you. We'll see you next week.